The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It was uh, an emotional day once again in the courtroom in Melfort, Saskatchewan as parents wept. The truck driver, Jaskrit Singh Sidhu, spoke to the court as that sentencing hearing wrapped up. Uh, Global News Radio's Richard Cloutier is on the line right now. He joins us from Melfort. Hi, Richard. Hi, this was, in my 25 years, one of the most dramatic moments that I have ever witnessed. Certainly in a courtroom, the most dramatic moment. We didn't anticipate Sidhu to get up and speak, but as the judge was wrapping up, she turned to Sidhu and said, Mr. Sidhu, do you have anything you would like to say? And at that point, he rose from his chair and there was that hush that so often happens Mm -hmm. in a courtroom and he stood and turned not to speak to the judge but to speak to the parents not all the parents are in the room most of them had been there the last three days but today fewer were there they all leaned forward in their chair he put left hand and arm on one side of the table right arm on the other side of the table struggled for about 45 seconds before he got the words out and then he said slowly and clearly I can't even imagine what you guys are going through what you've been through I have taken the most valuable things of your life I came out of that truck and I heard the kids crying at that point guys you could hear the weeping in the courtroom until that time I had not known what has happened it took me time to realize it's a bus I take full responsibility of what has happened it happened in the case of my lack of experience and I am so 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 sorry with those words he sat down and the judge said I need some time to consider and the sentence will be handed down on the 22nd of March. But I've never witnessed something that dramatic in a courtroom in my 25 years. So, you know, we all speculated days ago as to whether or not this driver would speak. And so, as you mentioned, today he did. Did it, did it answer questions or, I, I mean, did it help, do you think? Because he basically made reference to uh, a problem he had had earlier the lawyer did. Yeah, the, his lawyer did earlier in the day that he had had a tarp come slightly loose and that he had stopped earlier to fix it and that possibly he was staring in his mirrors to see if the tarp had come loose again when he went through the intersection. Yeah, Mark Brafer, his lawyer, told the court that here is a case of somebody that uh, immigrant to Canada that had managed a liquor store that took a one-week course to become a truck driver was only a few weeks on the job had taken um was with a second driver for a couple of weeks and had just been on his own uh, for a couple of weeks leading up to the crash had uh, spent the night in Saskatoon, um, was uh, and, and, and not long that day either. He was he was uh, he had this load of peat moss on, and uh, had problems with the tarps. And yeah, he did pull over, and as he was going, he could see the tarp on the second trailer. Again, he's licensed to drive 
a tractor with two trailers on it. So he sees that tarp flapping in the wind, and his lawyer is saying that, you know what, he's probably consumed with that, that tarp as opposed to looking at the stop sign. But credit to Brayford, his lawyer, said still that's not an excuse. He accepts the criminal responsibility of going through that stop sign and he had the opportunity simply because there were a lot of warning signs. There were four warning signs and that stop sign itself four feet wide with a big red flashing light on top of it. Richard, did you talk to any of the families who were in the courtroom after he spoke, after everything wrapped up? What did they say? Very briefly, um, two couples were glad that he spoke, wanted to hear those words. Others said it does not make a difference. He cannot take, uh, he cannot give our kids back. But overall, what we witnessed here this week were a lot of parents that have really um, are on that continuum of forgiveness. That some have already forgiven, others want to get there. And I think his words certainly helped convey his emotion and his sorrow and, and, and his remorse for what happened. Hey, Richard, another fact that I just learned today, and it doesn't change anything, um, but I'm not sure how I missed this before or if this was new today, was that at the intersection there was a car on the opposite side who would have been on the same highway as the uh, peat moss load, but coming in the opposite direction, that was stopped to allow the bus go through the intersection. So on top of the signage and the flashing red light and the four foot diameter stop sign, there would have been a vehicle directly ahead and in the other lane facing this driver who had stopped already. Was that a fact that we knew all along? Yeah, it was something that was brought in this uh, court report uh, from the RCMP earlier this week, um, but not lost on the, the calamity of this. The fact is that there were all sorts of warning signs and the fact that there was a car opposite him stopped at the stop sign. Again, no explanation for why he blew through that stop sign other than the fact of inexperience and that he was looking at that tarp. Um, the environmental factors, according to that RCMP report, not a factor here. This was not necessarily a decision. He didn't have it in his head to say, I'm going to blow through that right. stop sign. But, uh, but officials, officials surmised that he had a boat anywhere between 12 to 15 seconds in huh. seeing those signs to be able to stop more than enough time to, to stop. Richard, I have to ask you again, and I know it's difficult to talk to the parents, and I don't know that you've even had time to talk it at length to any parents, but I'm curious now, given his lack of experience, and let's be honest, this, this driver was slightly more experienced to drive that load than you or I, really. People would like to know, I'm sure, uh, with the pending charges against the owner of the trucking company, uh, are parents at all... Uh, pushing now to have the owner of the trucking company who put this driver on the road with that lack of experience, are they looking to have him sentenced as severely? That did not come up in our conversations uh, at all. 
I, I generally we spoke about the need for stricter regulations in this country, and that's already happening, not just at the provincial but the mm-hmm. federal level. Um, they were more consumed about uh, what good can come out of this awful, awful, awful tragedy. Richard, I know that you're tight for time, and I'm sure you have a number of interviews today, but uh, just wanted to touch on this. The Crown is asking for a 10-year prison sentence, uh, followed by 10 years probation. Uh, Sidhu's lawyer didn't make any specific recommendation. One of the things here, too, is I understand he's um, he's a permanent residence, a resident, and there's the possibility there was talk of deportation today as well, depending on the length of the sentence. How will that work? He's not a Canadian citizen, so uh, if there is a sentence of six uh, of six months or more, he would be subject to an order to leave the country. What is unclear at this point is whether that would be enforceable at the time of sentence to be honored by another jurisdiction such as his home in India, or whether or not he would serve all or part of that time okay. here and then face that deportation uh, order. But uh, his lawyer suggesting that that would indeed be the case uh, that uh, anything beyond six months, he'll be out of this country. Wow. <laughs> All right. You know what, uh, Richard Cloutier, thank you for your coverage of this highly emotional uh, week, and thank you for taking the time. Um, again, the judge reserved her disca- decision on the sentence until March 22nd. We'll touch base again then. Thank you, Richard. You're very welcome. Thank you. Wow. Doesn't it just... when you? I'm speechless. Just... just he, a one-week course? To, How does that to, happen? To haul a super B. Does everyone... Uh, those, are the du- those are the doubles. Those are the two big ones Two attached, big trailers. Right? Yeah. Two big trailers, fully loaded. I remember when I moved out here and I first started seeing them, I was like, what the... I know. That so, is crazy. He moved to Canada uh, from India with his wife in 2013. I think Richard had mentioned had ran a liquor store for a while. Had taken training to become a truck driver. Obtained his license shortly before the April 6th crash. On March 17th, 2018, he gained employment with this small transport company that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. After a few weeks working with the owner, he began driving solo. And they sent him to... They sent him on a load. Uh, yeah, I can't even. He drove I, you know from. What, gee, I can't even. Listen to this. He drove from Calgary to Saskatoon to make a delivery. Right. Then he drove from Saskatoon to Carrot River using GPS voice navigation to find his way after getting lost. Yep. In Carrot River, he picked up that load of peat moss. Right. One point on the journey, the road was slippery. He needed assistance to get moving again. And then we got tar- talking about that tarp again. Yeah, he had, he had a tarp pulled problem. over. Yep. He had to adjust that. He had stopped to adjust that just before the crash. There's no, there's no words. He should not have taken that job. He should not have been offered that job. And to be honest with you, I hold the owner of the company, the company. to be equally or greater responsible for uh, greater re- responsible for that accident. Your thoughts on what you're hearing at four nine six zero zero six three or text us at six thirty six thirty. Cam's on the line. Hi, Cam. Good afternoon, folks. You just stole some of my thunder because. You know something? I have a class one license. I've had a class one license since I was 19 years old. And I wouldn't be qualified to pull Super Bs as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And further to that, uh, hold the accountability on the regulators and the companies that allow this behavior. And here's one more to throw into the pit is you can have a class five license, buy a 35 foot RV 
and go flying down the road, not even understanding how to back the thing up. Yeah. That's true. And, and we turned a blind eye, and I think that's atrocious. You know what? And let me add to that, because I think you'll agree with this. I often see that. I mm-hmm. can't get the trucking blood out of me from 25 years ago. I also see illegal configurations among RVs all the time, where they're pulling, yeah. they're, they've got a trailer, and they're pulling like a boat behind that. That's an absolutely right. illegal configuration. Well, and, and we need to we need to look at the world's changed a lot since I since I got my license. And quite frankly, I, I, I say it again. There's lots of things that even though I carry a one A license with a Q endorsement for air, I would not feel comfortable if if I lost my present employment and I had to go back to pulling gears. I wouldn't feel competent and in control of anything greater than hauling a deck or a van. And even at that, I'll, I'll explain something real quick. The shifting ranges have changed since I got my license. So yeah. I have to really pay attention because these electronic transmissions now, I have to actually really concentrate even on shifting because I learned to hire um, RPM to my ear, if that makes any sense for the people. Yeah, it does. Cam, so so I, I'm, in, I'm incompetent. Are, are there upgrading? Are there is there mandatory upgrading over the years for truckers? No, it's it's actually the only thing that that will happen is if you have an employer, they'll send you for what they call a PDIC or professional drive and improvement course, which I've taken. And you know, I worked for a, a national corporation who has now had me take a collision avoidance training, which is a really amazing um, opportunity. It's you know, I spend a lot of time on the roads, folks. And anytime I get an opportunity to learn, it's a chance yeah. to... I learned something about ABS braking recently that I didn't know because when I was a young man, we didn't, didn't have, have such a thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so we have what's to... Wrong with, what's wrong with every five years? And I don't care what license it is. Every five years, at minimal, you should do a written test and probably a practical test, say, every 10 years. What's wrong with that? I agree. And we have to... We have to these regulators have to prevent this from happening as well. Arnold Brothers' rule was to get hired, you had to have a five-year clean abstract. To pull a Super B, you had to have five years with our company. Oh. before. That's right. 10 years before you pull a Super B. Cam, you've, op- Cam, you've opened up uh, this conversation. We have a number of calls on the line. Thank, Thank you, you for taking the time. Appreciate it. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.